No. It's nuts. Even torturing you is boring. This is the small council. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Small Council Radio. All right, so it's been a bit, uh, but we are ready to start this journey to talk about all the different uh, updates. Uh, as you all know, we do ours in a lot more uh, of a long-form fashion. So each episode, we'll talk about one faction. Uh, we're going to attempt to do at least one, if not two, a week. Uh, so... Um, we did a poll on our Facebook page. Uh, if you are not a part of our Facebook page, definitely go join. Um, we are going to do it based on the votes. Uh, so the number one, uh, or the top voted faction was Greyjoys, though I admittedly, uh, I don't know if you'd count it as cheating, but I posted it to the Greyjoy uh, group because it was tied with, uh, I want to say Lannisters, um, Posted it to that group, got a few more votes. Um, uh, to be honest with you, I'm excited to talk about Greyjoys, especially because uh, they are um, uh, heavily nerfed with this new patch. Um, I'm excited to talk about them and maybe convince you why I don't think they're as bad as people uh, think they are. Uh, but bear with me just for a moment. I'm trying to get Brett on the show with us to go over uh, the changes. Uh, seeing as this is our first show um, for all the updates, we will briefly talk about the general changes and uh, see where it goes from there. We do plan to do another episode tonight as well. Uh, I'm going to be doing a show with uh, Spencer. I believe we're going to you know, kind of skip the line a bit uh, just because he'll be on. I want to make sure we talk about a faction that he plays. So we'll probably be talking about Baratheons, and then if by chance we can't finish out any Greyjoys, if um, if Brett has to go early or something, we'll finish up the Greyjoys on tonight's episode with Spencer. Um, but just bear with me a moment. I'm trying to get Brett on right now. Being his uh, info so I can get him a link. All right, let's see here. Almost there. Oh, all right. So I've been in a rush. <laughs> so many things to do today. Just got back from uh, Office Max. I printed out all the updates. Um, I had to go, yeah, I tried printing them out on my printer, but they, for some reason, I don't know what it was. They're coming out all goofy. I've always printed them from my own computer in the past. Uh, so I don't know what the deal was this time. They were just coming out all, like, squished and blurry. So I uh, went to Office Max and got, um, got, the, uh, got them all printed there. I uh, decided to go with the fancier paper. 
Um, so cost a little more than I was hoping, but you know it is what it is. All right, Brett, thank you for uh, coming on. I know it's a little bit last minute and rushed, but uh, you know I appreciate you uh, making the time. What's shaking, man? Not much. Uh, just very, very busy. Um, I went to Gen Con, and as much as I had a blast, I'm exhausted. It was not a relaxing trip. I'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> I was only getting like five hours of sleep every night, uh, walking around like 80% of the time, uh, or standing. Um, you know, just this year because Simon uh, wasn't doing any events. I took the opportunity to really, I guess, do what I think normal people do at Gen Con and, you know, find a bunch of cool things to demo and visit the vendor hall uh, more than, you know, for more than like one hour <laughs> in the span of five days or however many days it was. Um, so I had a blast, but after that trip, I came right back to a 30-hour shift, got like four hours of sleep, and then had another 14-hour shift, had like five hours of sleep, and then I did, and that led into my uh, 28-hour shift that I just got off this morning before doing a bunch of errands, so I'm a little, uh, I'm a little flustered, but, you know, still excited to be on to discuss these updates. I can't imagine how you're even awake. Uh, well, fortunately, I got a decent amount of sleep last night on shift, um, so that gave me a bit of energy. Um, but anyways, with that said, um, I know you were on with uh, someone else. I apologize to whoever it was. I cannot, for the life of me, remember um, talking about the updates. Uh, let's give them a shout-out. Who uh, Who was that? Uh, the cast miniatures with Grant, Grant and I. He's got a YouTube channel. And, uh, Just so definitely go check him out. That uh, that discussion of the update was awesome. Um, you know, I kind of already mentioned it on here, but uh, we will be doing more of a long-form discussion of it. I know Turning Ground did a, a decent to great job of, uh, you know, I say decent because disagree on some things, but overall I did quite enjoy their uh, show. It was like six and a half hours long, and I listened to every bit of it. Um, and But, uh, you know, I think uh, by the time you add all of our shows together, we'll have the six and a half hours beat. But that's because we tend to ramble. Um, <laughs> uh, what, uh, you know, I'm a, I'll ask this before I forget to ask, but even though we're going to be talking about Greyjoys and some of the general updates, what is your favorite uh, thing that changed or got added, and what is your least favorite? And when I say least favorite, I'm not asking for something that you think is horrible or uh, bad design. Just the, you know, probably one of the things that makes you go, okay, whatever, you know, they changed it. You know, not really excited, but it is what it is. Um. Well, I think the obvious answer, all of the kind of the talk of the town is the, the Golden Company swordsman um, went from being a halfway, it was a pretty decent unit, I think. It was, it filled some roles in some armies where they were kind of lacking that offensive punch, and then they just kind of 
uh, ratcheted them up to S tier. Um, but I, I agree with the change. I, I like the change. Uh, the fact that it came hand in hand with a neutral cap um, showed a lot of discipline on their part. The I guess the downside to it is the despite getting bumped up to morale six, the dervishes were already kind of the stormcrow dervishes were already kind of stranded in that seven point space, and now at this point, outside of Targaryens and pure pure neutrals, I can't see the dervishes getting much play because there's just no there's no real reason to take them over the Golden Company swords, even if you're taking something like Rob Commander, in my opinion. But that's that's a good change. The neutral cap limit, I would have to say, is my favorite. If we're if we're picking one thing overall, it's the neutral cap change. It's just it's a, it's a it's a breath of fresh air. Um, Peter Baelish was always a very 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 popular and strong NCU. Blademan, they they hit their happy spot. They they they're not too good. They're not weak by any means. It's a tough choice whether you take Flayed Men or your in-house cavalry. So they're in a, they're in a nice spot. But now at this point with the Varus buff and Jockin, depending on what you're building, you've got to make some really tough choices. You can't even take uh, Varus Peter in a unit of cutthroats, for example. You you can't take Flayed Men cutthroats. Um, outside of like, men, cutthroats, guard. What's that? Flayed Men Tycho? Can't even do that? Yeah, you can't do Flayed Men Tycho. Can't do Flayed Men Tycho. Um, it's a good choice. I like it. It was it was a good way to really, I think, subtly buff the neutral faction. I mean, I, I really felt like either giving the all-neutral armies a bonus if they chose one house, like Stormcrow, All-Bolton, All-Mummer, something like that, a bonus for the all-neutrals doing that, or I said over and over again, just make Varus four points for neutrals, and that's probably enough on its own. Uh, they made Varus four points, period. Um, then they also dropped Jock into four. So now that neutrals NCU suite is looking really, really nice. And the fact that they don't have to deal with other armies, you know, maybe having better synergy with the units than they have, they don't have to kind of fight their own house units. And they're looking pretty strong now. I mean, you've got... Blade Men, Golden Company Swords, then you can kind of piecemeal Bastard Girls, Blackguard, Cutthroat, however you want to build your list. It's pretty nice because no one else can really duplicate that. Uh, yep. Then by way of least favorite, least favorite changes, I think overall adjusting the Ranger Hunters was wise. Um, and then not really sure. Did anything else for Nightwatch really get toned down except for the hunters? The rest was mostly buffs, right? Shadow Tower Spearmen, yeah. veterans, which is probably fine. I think. I think the the for the most part, Nightwatch was was pretty fair outside of some of their hunters builds. But at any rate, the the most I guess the the, the worst part for me is the, the the two solos. The two solos that are really kind of carrying those two factions, Varamir and Coldhand. I just, I don't think it was enough. Um, Coldhand, I think maybe thinking that five points would, would disrupt list building enough. 
paired with the pass token and the sudden tendency to run seven activations, I I will take cold hands as a <laughs> as a fourth combat unit like every time. Um, he's so good for five points, and then you can really squeeze in some nasty Night Watch stuff. Um, the other stuff is pretty fair for Night Watch. I mean, the veterans of the Watch change. It's not going to suddenly make them the bullies of the meta. The Shadow Tower Spearmen, they're really good. Really, really good. Um, it was a, I think it was a good buff. Uh, they, you should have units like that that are super elite on the, on the defense side. Um, but then, then, then the Varamir, I just don't, I just don't, I don't think they did enough. Um, the, the insignificant change, it does, it does dent free folk a little bit. Maybe puts a little chip in the armor. There's a number of games when I look back at my, um, recorded games. There's a number of games that I lost by one point. Those are those are now wins, but also you you can't leave out the fact that I was playing into those free folk builds with ranger hunters that had three plus range. That's a big deal. The ranger hunters going to four plus on range is a very big deal into the free folk match because I wanted to shoot them more than I wanted to melee them. <laughs> um, and now I, I, I'm definitely not scoring as many hits. I mean, mathematically, it's 16% less, but in reality, so a lot of times the weakened token on a Ranger Hunters was used on the shots anyway to prevent the, the big one-turn kill. Well, it's, it's much, much better now with that, that, that adjustment to 4-plus defense. They almost have to use Donald Noy on the offensive side, and that's not necessarily where they want to use it, although it does work, so... That's a very long spiel to say that a little bit sad that uh, Varamir and Cold Hands didn't get a little bit something more. Um, I just unfortunately think that Free Folk are still a bit too comfortable doing everything that they were doing before. I don't think it changes much. They're not going to suddenly stop taking Raiders, so I don't yeah. think they. I don't think they'll they'll adjust their list building too much, if at all. So before I mention kind of my favorite uh, and least favorite, what is your favorite overall changes to which faction? What faction do you are you the most excited about as a whole, uh, based on their changes, whether good or worse, or for better or for worse or whatnot? Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest, I think I think it's still really unexplored, and e- even myself, I've done some. I've done some theory list building. I've messed around with some stuff. I've played a few games of the of the update. Um, it felt really nice. The games felt faster. They felt much more aggressive. Um, but uh, overall, my favorite, I think, who should be the most excited is probably neutrals. Neutrals, they've, they've got that really loyal following. I'm not going to call myself a loyal neutrals player, but I always find myself at the end of an update you know, when it's kind of run its course, the meta's been solved, we know what's too strong, we know what's too weak, and then people kind of start laying off of the super strong stuff and you can get a pretty casual game. I've always played neutrals traditionally at the end of every version. Just, I think they're really fun. That And that's 1.6, 1.7, 2021, Season 1, Season 2. But now in Season 3, I went to Family Time Games and my my 
second in-person game was uh, neutrals, and I had a lot of fun playing basically a list that I was running before. Um, the difference being Varus was one point less, so I was able to upgrade a Blackguard unit to um, Golden Company Swords, and it's really fun. Neutral players should be really happy. Um, they, I don't think they have to feel like they're kind of slow pitching if they take neutral, so to speak, or, or climbing uphill. Now, in fairness, my game, it still felt like dancing on a razor blade. You know, I had the Golden Company Swords got knocked down to two wounds, one wound, I think. I think it was one. Uh, Ramsey and Blackguard just got blown apart. And then I had Cutthroats barely clinging to life, and Bladesmen got through their target unit, but it, it, they were out of the game for three full rounds, four full rounds maybe. Um, it was very close. It, it, it could have been it could have been much worse. So I think neutrals to have definitely kind of crossed into a competitive territory. I don't think that you play a neutral player anymore that's got a nice list put together and knows how to use that deck. I don't think you feel like, all right, I should be fine as long as I don't make a mistake. Like, they can actually um, get you now. Yep. Um, all right. So I would say faction I'm the most excited about for all the changes is Starks. Uh, you know, we'll obviously do a show on Starks, but uh, probably my number one favorite change of the whole patch, I know it'll probably surprise a lot of people, but coming from Starks being my original go-to faction, uh, I'm the most excited that Rob got enhanced mobility. Uh, I cannot tell you how much I love that ability, how much I love putting that ability on something like Berserkers and just making them, you know, over-the-top movement seven. Uh, is it, like, the best thing, like, ever? No, but just uh, maybe just some nostalgia kicking in from, you know, way back when. Because um, I used to run the two-point, I think it was two-point Rob attachment where he would give the enhanced mobility and also you get a free charge off the horse. Um, and I used to run that in Berserkers, and it used to work so well for me. Granted, you can't really do that without, you know, taking the swords with assault orders, but still. Um as far as what I'm least excited about, it's probably, where is it? I'm trying to make sure I mention the one I'm probably the truly the most disappointed with. And that's either Doran NCU, uh, the four-point NCU, or uh, Reapers. Um, so we'll talk about Reapers in due time, but Doran, I'm going to mention. So I didn't really care for the way he was, and I, you know, the way he was, in a lot of people's opinion, was either auto-include or barely usable, because depending on if you're playing in a tournament or if it's a friendly game, how long your rounds normally go, whether or not they have the hard counter for him, he was very swingy. You know, either you got no points or you got a ton of points, and it caused you to win. Now, in my opinion... The one point makes him almost not even worth taking ever, especially when you talk about all the different great NCU options out there now. 
Uh, but with that said, I'm not even necessarily mad or disappointed with only giving up one victory point. I just was hoping that if he's going to get changed, they just change it completely. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll say something that I always kind of do, so a little wish list thing. Um, you know, forgive me, I'm only human. <laughs> but it would be really cool if he just had a simple effect of uh, whenever he is controlling the water gardens, you count as controlling the crown as well. Something super simple. He'd be four points, so he'd be similar to Joffrey, but Joffrey gets to take any zone. He would have to specifically take water gardens, and it, I think it'd be very thematic. You know, he's always sitting in the water gardens. You know, he's that's where he always is. And uh, so that would also help you as a Martell player control that crown zone without having to take the crown zone um, while also turning off your opponent's effects. Four points. I think that'd be more than fair because, again, you're shutting off all their effects while controlling two zones, and that's it. Four points, I would take that. Not all the time, but I would take it just as often as I take Joffrey and Lannisters. Um, but, you know, again, wish listing. Uh, fingers crossed, maybe uh, in the very, very uh, far future when, you know, if a uh, version doesn't get played, maybe they'll, uh, you know, take my idea. Please take my idea. <laughs> All right, so let's get into Greyjoys. I know uh, Brett, you got some a uh, little, you got limited time. Um, so, been a lot of doom and gloom about Greyjoys. A lot, a lot of people think the sky is falling. And to be fair, maybe they're right. I don't have a single game under my belt with all the new changes, and I mean they're almost changed faction wide, in my opinion. You know, you have for eight units changed. You have a army-wide rule added. You had four NCUs change along with two of their points. No, uh, five NCUs change along with two of their points. You got one, two, three, four, five commander cards change, like three attachments or something. And then you have basically like 80% of all their tactics cards, if I'm not mistaken, all change. So a big change like that can ruffle a lot of feathers. Um, and I don't really blame a lot of people. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of changes like that really makes you have to start from square one. But where I see weakness, I also see strength in other areas. So I think of it as a lateral move. And a lot of people would say that Greyjoys weren't all that great to begin with, so a lateral move, you know, makes them just, you know, in the same position they were. Uh, and, but I think uh, once you kind of discover where their, uh, you know, their strengths lie, um, you'll kind of find the same, similar combos. Uh, so first, we'll talk about the base deck. Where did I put it? All right. So um, we got the Iron Price, start of a friendly turn, target one friendly combat unit. You may remove one pillage token from that unit. If you do, choose one. That unit may remove one condition token. That unit may reroll charge distance dice this turn. That unit's attack 
attacks using its highest attack die value. So, um, so you can only remove one condition token or pillage token at most to do one of these effects at most. I'm a little surprised that you can't just choose to remove two pillage to get two of these effects. I'm also surprised that you can't you can't just get one of these effects automatically and get an additional one if you remove a pillage. Uh, because none of these are like groundbreaking. Uh, there's plenty of cards in the game that do these effects just for free. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, Brett, you still there? Are you on mute? 